three, two, one. And we're back again with another episode of Cut Talk Podcast, Cut Talk Radio. Call it what you want, just don't forget the Cut Talk. As always, thank you to everybody who's been tuning in so far and showing love to the podcast in terms of liking uh, the videos we got going here, uh, you know, commenting on the videos, subscribing to the channel, all that good stuff. It does nothing but motivate us more and uh, just inspire us more to keep bringing content to you guys and working harder to connect community to people outside of it. Um, and recently we got on Apple Podcasts as well, as long as Spotify, I mean, as as well as Spotify, so you guys please uh, check us out on those platforms as well, which you guys have been doing, so we appreciate all the love. Uh, today, again, another special episode, another special guest, somebody who's new to the podcast. Uh, we've been having a lot of new guests recently, but this one I'm, I'm more excited for, really, really excited for, so I'm going to get out the way and allow them to introduce themselves. Thanks, Ralph. Thanks, all the listeners. Cut above. Let's get cut. I'm a little crazy, so people guys can get into this. Yeah, <laughs> my name is my name is Coach Kevin Kearns, and why should you listen to me? I'm going to tell you why you should listen to me. Not that I have an ego. Well, your ego is not your amigo, but I have a little bit. Right. I was the strength coach for 15, count them, 15 UFC fighters. People like Kenny Florian, Marcus Davis, Joe Jarzel, Daniel Gracie, Kurt Pellegrino, back in the mid 2000s. And at one point, the UFC ranked me in the top five as strength conditioning coaches. Now, that might sound like, wow, man, you know, this, that, and the other thing, blah, blah, blah. Well, here's the fun part about that. I was the kid that sucked at every sport, and the proof of that is there's a book on Amazon. My first book, Always Picked Last. Literally, I sucked at every sport. I could barely play softball. Then I had a life-changing event. My father died. Great guy, but he was a functional alcoholic. He died of alcoholism at 48 when I was 12. No joke. The bullying got worse. A close uncle talked me into taking karate. It literally saved my life. From karate, which I've spent 45 years now in martial arts, working with people like Krumak Delagrati from Sitiatong, one of the best striking coaches on the planet. Right. Steve Whittier from SBG East. And people like uh, Tuhan... Tuhan... Uh, why is this clicking off? Just, just ignore that. Tuhan... I think we're having technical difficulties. Uh, a little delay there. Long time calling in. Um, so people like that. So, and then I wanted to. Are you still there? Yeah, no, yeah, that was because yeah. You're the, back. The strength training. Can you, we're good. We're still good, Ralph. Yeah, yeah. You're back now. Oh, okay. All right. I went into strength training, and good. I went into strength training, and. I was not, the way I fell into strength training and exercise physiology is a very strange story. I was actually going for something else. I ended up going to the wrong class and I changed my major. And I was wow. not the best student. I am not a 4.0. I'm a 2.895. It said to me when I graduated, it's not always, and I want everybody to listen to this. It's not always the people that get 4.0s, 4.0 average, straight A's that do well in life. It's the people like you, Kevin, that have a scratch and scrape to do well. They, have, they know they have to fight to get a beat, and that's me. Nothing has ever come easy. You look at me, yeah, I'm an athlete. I'm 56. I'm probably 8% body fat. I'm 5'7 and 175 pounds. Okay, I made myself an athlete. Athletes are not born. They're made. They're forged in fire in the workouts. That's how they're made. Now, fast forward. Now, my, marry my, my college sweetheart, the whole nine yards, this, that, and everything. Everything's going great until about 2005. Second kid, she becomes an alcoholic. No joke. 
That wow. led into about five years of her drinking, six years of recovery. Unfortunately, she's a dry drunk, and I'm sure people know what that means. She got sober, but the, the narcissism stayed. That completely debilitated me. Finally, I pulled the trigger and got my divorce in 2018. She made it messy. She made it bloody. Somebody even attacked my house, the gas meter. We'll just leave wow. that out there to the point where, and think about this. You're 50. There's no real intimacy going on at home. Now you, you go from your, your dream home of 3,300 square feet to 1,100 square feet. You get your kids 50-50, and now you've been a father for 15 years. You're like, well, what the hell do I do with myself on Sunday? You know, Saturday, what am I doing? Right, I don't, right. You have to really, you have to literally learn how to be alone again. And to top it off, she cost us over $100,000 for a $20,000 divorce. So here I am, broke, Jesus. small apartment, no kids, no kids, and I came from nothing. Mm. I built this business with my own hands. I've, knew, I've been doing this for 38 years. So I'm either... The universe and God are telling me to do the wrong thing or I've been doing the right thing. I don't know. I think I'm doing the right thing. That being said, that led me, and then we'll get into this because I know you want to, and that's why you're having me on. That led me down the dark path to depression, and eventually in 2019, 12, 22, 19, I tried to slit my own throat, right. got patched up, and then 12, 23, 19, that's not long ago. That's only three, less than three years ago. Right. I tried to find a spot in the Topa Bridge to jump off. Okay, I was going to end my life. So I know what rock bottom feels like. And what I can tell you is this. It's a good foundation to stand on. And you can reinvent yourself at any time. Anytime. Right. Amazing message. Um, I mean, it's just incredible just to hear that story. And then again, like you mentioned, you are a published author. You guys check out uh, Coach Kearns' works on Amazon. He's got a, a few published works there. As he mentioned, uh, I always picked last book and then... Um, there's light, light, the tunnel. light at the end there's of the light. tunnel. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. So, Raul, it's actually it's a it's a play on words. I appreciate that. It's there's light in the tunnel because think about this. Everybody says there's light at the end of the tunnel, and oh, I appreciate where you were going with this. In the tunnel, and the reason I named it that is because think about this. If you've ever been depressed, anxious, or had voices in your head, PTSD, right. whatever it is, and you're like, and somebody says, "Well, there's light at the end of the tunnel," you just want it over, right? You just want it done. Right. You're just like. I, I, you don't want to sit there and go, what, at the end? I want so I want people to think there's always light in the tunnel. There's always light in the tunnel. And think of it this way, right? You can't have darkness without light. You can't have light without darkness. So there's always, always light someplace. I mean, just a, an, even, an even more effective uh, way to look at it, you know, just an amazing perspective there. And as the coach was mentioning, he's uh, gone through so much, and yet he's uh, been able to accomplish all these things. So, uh, Coach, I want to ask, you mentioned sure. being picked last. Um, so at a young age, you know, um, alongside with the loss of your father, what, what, does that, what did that do to your confidence? What did that do to oh. uh, how, how you've looked at yourself? That, you know, that's a great question, Ron. I appreciate you for asking that. It crushed me. Now, it, it was, in a sense, was, you know, my family life was fine. I was never not in a loving family. I was adopted. We, my mother was one of eight. She was born in the Depression. My father was one of four. So we had a lot of cousins. And my family, the outside family, took care of me. You know, my Uncle Henry, who was like my second father, my Aunt Dee, they paid for my, half paid for my karate lessons because right. we couldn't afford it. We had nothing. We were living in a three-family in Everett, right outside of Charlestown, we, we were broke. You know, we, we were literally, I don't know how my mother kept us together. Right. And it, it really crushed my confidence. And the funny part right. about that story is martial arts and weightlifting instilled my confidence because I learned if you practice, you get better. And the funny thing about that right. is 
then when you look at to go, I'm, I know, I'm sure you're probably going down this line. Then when you look at what happened with my marriage, my confidence got crushed again. I was emasculated, right? Here I am. Here I am. My college sweetheart flips the script and just changes overnight after 15 years with her. It's like what? What, what the hell is going on here? Right. In a way, you kind of, you know, and we will again move down there. But just to kind of uh, touch on that a bit. So, of course, at that point, you maybe you kind of felt like that kid again where you're like, oh, absolutely. Getting picked last again. I'm, I'm getting, you know, everything that I thought about myself is true because now I'm failing again, which is just uh, a, a human condition. Right. Which is like we ah. we revert to uh, moments in our life where we felt that extreme uh, isolation, that extreme moment of darkness and it's like one of those i'm right see i was right the whole time i'm not i'm nothing you know i don't deserve it and, exactly uh, and you know it's uh it's 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 very i'm sure a lot of people especially in our community can share that sentiment but uh but how much can you say you know you said you found karate you found martial arts you found uh something where they you had people around you who were pushing you in the direction did you feel at that time that it was a, a sort of a calling that you feel like you had found your place very well you, you've got some great questions i appreciate where you're going with this you know it, it's very interesting like and it gives me goosebumps i wish it was on i literally have goosebumps right now by asking that question because it, it was almost like my my dad's ring wedding ring is on my right hand i never take i haven't taken it off in 44 years it's been off my hand that long and i always tell people because I'm, I'm a muay thai guy a thai boxer from mark delagrati from sit Tong. if you ever get hit with my right nice. that's the whole that, that's the whole current <laughs> the clan sleeper, yeah, the, face. Yeah. the sleeper that's the whole current yeah. clan from ireland hit me in the face yeah. and you know it, it did it did feel like it was almost like this little voice every time i've had a major life decision business mm. it's almost like my father speaks to me no kevin do that and he always calls me kevin kevin do this yeah. kevin do that it was like that little push and when I realized in martial arts, I'm like, this is kind of my thing. And then when I got into fitness, we talk, think about this. This is crazy. My first client, personal training client, and I'm more of a coach now, and I'll get into that. My first personal training client was 1987. Okay, I was 21. Right. All right. So, and it, it, and it was definitely exercise physiology called to me. And the funny thing about that is, this is before, like, personal trainers are now a dime a dozen. Back then, there was, like, three in Boston. Right, that was it. right, yeah. There's Everybody's only three a in Boston. Now. Exactly. It's like, oh, I got a shingle out. I'll be a trainer. Like, no, man. <laughs> right, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, I just got my certification yeah. last weekend, so <laughs> yeah. now I'm going to be a trainer. Um, yeah, yeah. No, dude. And I love it when I post something on, like, LinkedIn uh, or, in, I should say, Facebook now. I'm mm -hmm. a very bunch more functional strength trainer, strength that you can use. That right. developed in the 1990s. And I'll post something crazy like me standing on a voodoo board, which is like a skateboard, doing bands. And people get on, that's stupid. That doesn't work. I'm like, okay. Well, I've been a personal trainer for five years. I go, really? I've been a strength coach for 37 years. Want to make some <laughs> yeah. more? And right. I don't know everything. I, I honestly, I don't know everything. I learn every day. I absolutely learn every day in this field. But, you know, you were right. It did. It was a, that was a calling to me. And then exercise physiology was a calling to me. And true story is... I'm great at taking tests, but I wasn't good at writing, which is kind of funny because I've written two books uh -huh. and I've got 300, 330 published articles in industry magazines. I was writing for five magazines at one point, including UFC magazine, Train Magazine, Train Hot Fight Easy, Ultimate MMA. You, you name the magazine back then, I was writing for them, literally. Right. And I still write for Fitness Trainer Online. When you think about it, you know, I could take tests, but I wasn't good at writing. And we had to do these lab reports. Like we had to test each other. And I kept getting like sevens versus tens. And he's like, well, you got to learn how to write better. 
So I did that. I got my grade up. So I had a mid-level A. Now, people, young men, young men and women don't understand this. <clears throat> Back in the day, I'm 56. I don't look it, trust me, but I'm 56. Mm. Back in the day when you did a research paper, you had to go to the library, have a pocket full of dimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully the copy will work and you had to photocopy <laughs> journals and get a highlighter. Now you guys go on the internet and just Two print seconds. out anything. So, so, yeah. Right? So... I wrote my research paper, but, you know, back then we didn't have computers, the whole bit. And I ended up getting an, a 50 on my research paper. It crushed me. So my A went to a C plus. <clears throat> my professor said this to me. It's a true story. Wow. He said this to me. He goes, well, maybe you're not cut out for this field. And I remember driving home on 93 from Boston. And we had to take blood pressures and pulses during, like, fitness tests for, on our, our, um, our classmates. I was so into exercise physiology that my stethoscope was hanging on my rearview mirror. No joke. Yeah. And I remember, I remember coming home, driving home, crying, no light, crying, looking up at the sky going, God, I thought this is what I was supposed to do. I thought this was my calling. Right. And then this, this always happens to me. Then something snaps. Mm. Something just snaps. I go, fuck, excuse my French, fuck this. Yeah, yeah. I'm, screw it, do it. Screw it, do it. I walked into my, 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 my teacher's office the next day. I go, you know what, David? Dr. Dave? You're screwed. You're my advisor for the next three years. I'm getting. I'm going to graduate from this program. No joke. I go. You're stuck with me. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. that. That's that level of tenacity. That's one of my tattoos. Is my saying: Hold your vision, keep your passion, maintain, and invest in your perseverance. Right. So those vision, passion, perseverance Powerful. are on my right arm. On my right arm. To you know, all my tattoos mean something. Like, don't tell anybody. There's a the the Batman logo from you know the Christian Bale Batman. It says, yeah. "I have one power." The Batman signal says, I never give up. So don't tell anybody I'm the real Batman, please. Because I have the tattoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. The secret's uh, just between me and you. Uh, uh, but, yeah, so you said uh, you said some things there that I want to touch on a little bit. But, sure, uh, please. The first thing here, so, again, you mentioned uh, having a professor who, I mean, you know, the thing about uh, the institution of learning in America is that sometimes, you know, you don't always run into, it's not a, it's not a matchmaking scenario, you know. Sometimes you run no. into... You run into who's there and, uh, you know, in some situations that can be detrimental to people, you know, and uh, Absolutely. Like in your case, you know, you said you met, you ran into uh, an educator who, of course, you know, when somebody is in charge of things, you kind of take them for their word. So to run into somebody who uh, kind of suggests that you may not succeed in this field, uh, it can be very discouraging, of course. And, Absolutely. Um, you know, so that brings up the subject of role models. So. You know, uh, I wanted to ask you, was there ever during your time, did you have somebody that you could go to and speak to? Or was it just, uh, huh. again, your ability to just uh, uh, motivate yourself? That's a great question, Ron. I appreciate that. Well, you know what? My father died when I was 12. And then what I didn't write in my first book, Always Pick Glasses, I bury somebody in my immediate family every year thereafter for the next 10 years. Wow. So rough, rough situation, cancer. I had a, cl a cousin that had a 18 bad a drug a bad drug deal went sideways. He got a bullet in the head two hours after Christmas. So I've been wow. through the mix. And one thing I learned when I was about 14, when I was in the gym, is it's and this is what I want readers to really think about and listeners, I should say, it's okay to ask for help. Everybody needs ask for help. Right. And what I did was I started getting friendly. My father was a, a building inspector for the town. Everybody knew him, Jackie Kearns, Jackie Kearns, mm -hmm. and he was very charismatic. He didn't know shit about 
He didn't know shit about building stuff, but he, <laughs> yeah. but he knew, but he knew, he knew how to check things, right? Charisma but, goes a long way. Yeah, exactly. But my mother was the same way. She could talk to anybody, and yeah. I still have that. Like people, like my first boss said to me, "Because you're rapport, you you establish rapport so quickly." I'm very good, and, I'm, and I still refine it of breaking barriers down, getting into people's heads. I'm, I'm a coach, yeah. so in the beginning, I would go after the guys that that were black belts that were tw- in their twenties that looked like they looked like big gyms and GI Joes. So I'm like, "Hey, can you guys?" <laughs> Teach, can you guys teach me how to weightlift? And they taught me how to weightlift. And then I had a, a professor, a biology teacher in, in school, Dr. Ferguson. He was kind of like an outcast. He was like a throwback from the 60s. And the school kind of hated him because he would like, you know, he'd have food in his beard and the whole nine yards. And he was like against the, you know, he was against the grain. And I love that. He and I became close friends. And he really kind of mentored me a lot. And then, you know, my aunt, my uncle, I had a close cousin, Kenny, I always talked to like whenever he was around. And to tell you the truth, you know, I'm a big fan of extended family, you know, so I've had some of my closest friends for 40 years, like Lionel Bean. He and I have known each other since we were 13, still friends, best friends to this day. Craig Rose, still been friends to the, this day. You know, people like that. Um, then you've got like Mark Gelagrati, my striking coach. I've known Mark since I was 22. Steve Whittier, I've known Steve for almost 20 years now. You know, and, and the, good, the big thing is, is I think friends will give you an honest answer. Where family sometimes has an agenda, right? right they just right. sometimes they have an agenda. But, you know, don't be afraid to have that one person or that two people that you can go to that will give you an honest answer and say, hey, man, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you should look at it this way. Tactful, but honest. You know, I'm very my, – my, some of my best friends are, are great. They say, oh, Kept the big joke is, Kept tell me how you really feel because I'm pretty – you know, my, I tell people all the time when you read my second book, it's raw and real because right. it has to be. Right. We're talking about depression. We're talking about suicidal yeah, attempts. We're talking about anxiety. That. No. And I'm like, I don't believe in sugarcoating it. And, you know, my lawyer said to me, he goes, there's a lot of expletives in this. I go, yeah, I know. I go, well, when you're going through that, that's in your mind. When the fuck is this going to stop? What the fuck is it? It's going through your head. Mm-hmm. It's like being on a, I, I equate it to being on a bad flight. If I have a bad flight, you're like, oh my God. And the pilot comes on, we'll be through this in 15 minutes. You're like, fuck no, I want this done now. Yeah, <laughs> I want exactly. this over now. So yeah, I, I had those. I had the ability to go out and seek people. It's like, you know, uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer would say, the, the higher you go up the law, the higher you go up the ladder of spirituality, God or the universe, whatever you want to call it, starts telling you, starts sending you smarter people to guide you. And at the same token, you start learning cut toxic people out of your life. Right. Or right. toxic things. Like, like you know, I, I'm not going to lie. When I was 18, I started going down the path of drinking too much. And then I got mm. smart and go, you know what? I don't need this. I literally... I, I'm Irish, which is like a prerequisite to being an alcoholic. Oh, I yeah, can whiskey literally, in the blood. Exactly. I hate whiskey, to tell you the truth. Um, I'm, I'm half Italian, <laughs> That's too. That's blasphemy. Half, half Italian, I know, but I'm half Italian by, but not by birth, by, by mentality, because I'd rather have wine. But <laughs> yeah. I would. I, I, I grew up in homemade wine with my friends. I hung out with, my, I hung out with mostly Italians, yeah. African-Americans, and Hispanics. You know, some whites, but it was always like those, those were my crew and those, are the, right. especially the Hispanics and the, and the African-Americans, they taught me how to dance. I could literally still rip up the floor. Yeah, People go, no. where'd you learn how to dance? Where did you learn how to dance? I go, look, we set a nightclub in like in the eighties, the under 21. And they yeah. would bring me for, they would bring me to the nightclub for protection. I said, well, <laughs> yeah. you bring me because I, I was a black, I was a black belt. Right. And I said, well, you're going to, you're going to teach me how to dance. Like I, I've had, I've gone out with you know women at the time, and, and I started ripping up the floor even at this age. And they're like, "Where did you get him from?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Who's this guy? You know, Who's it was this guy. I'm like, it's, yeah. it's not, it's not, it's not the, you know, it's not the Kevin James two step from Hitch. I'm like, I'm doing the, I'm doing the, you know, the MC Hammer slide from like from one end to the other. But anyway, 
you, you always, I think it's okay to realize, you, it's okay to ask for help. Else people ask people direction. And you know what? If you're not getting the right answers or if somebody you feel isn't serving you, then cut them out of your life if you have to. And sometimes sometimes right. you're going to have to do that. Family and friends. Right. And um, that's, I mean, just a very important message that we always try and push here. And also um, the idea of, you know, when you're in, you mentioned it, uh, of being in an uncomfortable situation, you know, it, sometimes it's hard to make a drastic change, but sometimes it's necessary. Oh, my God. And, and like you mentioned, the yes men, the people who who enable uh, bad behavior, you know, sometimes people don't have your best intentions in, in their mind. Absolutely. And, and it's up to you to recognize that. And, and you have to uh, really uh, make an effort and make uh, what feels like an impossible change sometimes. Uh, but oh, my God, yes. But, I mean, and I'm sure you can attest to this, that uh, oh. once you once you make the change, you know, it's like you, you're going to ask yourself, why didn't I do this earlier? Why, why did I wait so long? You know, you, you, you know, you can say that. And I appreciate where you're going with that. And the, the challenge is this. We all kind of go to we all kind of we almost obsess with our failures. Right. And, you know, as as Dr. Wayne Dyer would say, the late Wayne Dyer is. It's, there's no failure. You just you just produce results you didn't expect or anticipate, right? right yeah. It's like one of my one of my talks when I go out motivational speak is imagine if you took the if you took the two year old mind and put it into the forty year old body, mm -hmm. you never worry about failure again because you just have to walk, you have to wipe your ass, you have yeah. to feed yourself in the final. But now if you reversed it, take the forty year old mind and put it in the two year old body, you're like oh my god, I fell down again, I look stupid, blah blah mm, blah. You got you, got and you. It's, it's that it's that ego going. You know what? At the end of the day. Well, I'm going to say this with my Boston accent, and this is not easy. I'm not going to tell you this is easy. It's hard. Life is hard and difficult. And you know what? It is. And it's beautiful and spectacular. It's a north and a south. It's an east and it's west. At the end of the day, color outside the lines. Always question. You know, it's almost like when you look back, this is a famous I quote, the law of flotation was you throw stuff in water that floats. Mm. Well, I don't know, Ralph, have you ever, have you ever seen a, my aircraft carrier, can you tell me how that shit floats? I mean, come on. It's <laughs> right, like big, right. as big as a city. You yeah. look at it and go, wait a minute. This doesn't make sense. It's metal. There's planes. There's 10,000 people on it. How is this floating? Uh -huh. Because somebody questioned that reality of the law of the law of flotation. I mean, I don't know about you, mm, but when I fly, I, I go, uh, when I fly, I'm like, how is this working? This doesn't make sense to me. Is this mirrors? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, at, look at, I don't know how old you are, but I mean, I'm 56 and I've got a computer on a phone. Yeah. I'm talking to you via all the way i mean this was not normal you know so it's always always color outside the lines and you know what this is from yoga because i'm a big yogi get comfortable being uncomfortable it's just it's a necessity right it's not easy you know it's not, because we want to be comfortable we want stuff this is why people stay in toxic relationships and toxic jobs because right. it's familiar it's familiar mm. Yeah, that was that was a, a good way to put it. You know, I hadn't looked at it from that perspective, but that's, that's very true. You know, uh, questioning yourself or questioning what's going on is just uh, it is what it is. Sometimes, you know, and you gotta maneuver. Uh, but okay, so uh, I wanted to ask here, uh, going on to the, you know, we spoke about depression so far and um, just the, the adversity of uh, being in your mind so much. And uh, I wanted to ask, how, how much of a play does uh, those emotions of, of frustration, of uh, depression, of anxiety, how, how much of that is being used as fuel for you uh, in terms of pushing yourself harder? You know, is there ever a moment when you're in the gym and, and you're hitting a weight and you kind of want to give up, but you're just like, uh, you know, whatever pain I feel in, in my mind, 
is is nothing compared to or is is greater than just lifting this weight and feeling it physically do you ever have moments like that you know i think everybody has those like depression is normal right everybody gets depressed right. how long you stay in it there's, there's a there's a great saying pain is inevitable suffering is a choice how much do you want to suffer and that's why one of my big pushes with our you know i'm working on getting on a tedx you know ted talk mm-hmm. and my big push is we are our Burmouth currents the name of my company Burmouth currents are three pillars for, for mental health is proper exercise proper nutrition proper mindset programming you really got to think differently you know when you think about making a decision that comes from the root word incision to cut to cut off decision right. you cut off you've got to really make a commitment everybody can be motivated on Monday but when motivation dies discipline has to take over mm. and when I walk into the gym you know there's some days that I'm like and um, I'm not into weightlifting. I do very eclectic stuff now. Like, you know, you've seen weighted sleds. I don't use a weighted sled. I push my SUV up and down hills. Wow. It's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, you can, you can find me on YouTube. It's all crazy. Yeah. And, you know, Atlas balls and, you know, my, uh-huh. my dumbbells this whole summer. My, the dumbbells, my dumbbells this whole summer have been uh, cinder blocks. No joke. I'm cuckoo. But anyway, that's, that's me. And my kettlebell has been a five-gallon water jug, which weighs, you know, 50 pounds. Right. Anyway, when you, when you look at that, I'm like, yeah, everybody has those moments where you kind of got to go, what is this about? What am I feeling? You, feelings, that, and this is, I, I, like I said, I get challenged with this every day. Feelings are just information, right? They're just information. What do, why am I feeling this? Why, why do I feel dejected? Why do I feel bad about this? And, you know, David Goggins is great about, like, when he goes through something rough. Right. He puts it on paper, folds it up, puts it in a cookie jar. And then when he's going through something else, he goes, wow, man, I survived this. So, you know, I try to live with, like, no regret. Like, you know, Les Brown would say, which I love, aim, aim for the moon because if you miss, you land among the stars. Right, right. It's a great Screw thing. it and do it. Did you, well, did, you ever hear what, did you ever hear the saying that Babe Ruth said before? He had a lot of them. They asked him how he got so many home runs. You know what uh-huh. he said? I swung. I swung. <laughs> yeah. I swung. Perfect. You got to take the shot. You got to take the shot. You know, if you – Imagine if you had that, you know, first romantic encounter and you're like, I want to ask her out, but I want to ask him out, but man, they might say no. No mm. is inevitable. Make right. no your vitamin. Fine. No is my vitamin. Fine. Because eventually you will get to a yes. Eventually you will get to a yes. So you will have, I've had it, everybody has it. You'll have those challenging days where you go, man, that's, I don't know if I want to do this. And me, I'll have a, a days like that and I'll be like, you know what? Let me just get through the warm-up. And once I go through the warm-up, I'm on cruise control. And right. at the same token, this is something I learned from one of my great yoga mentors. The fact that you showed up and unrolled your mat or the fact that you showed up at the gym is 90% of it. The rest of it's all judgment. Oh, I should have done more weight. I should have done more this. I should have done more that. Fuck, should have, could have, would have. Just throw it out the window. And I go through it too. I'm not perfect. I still get in mm-hmm. my head. And I think the challenge is, and you know, one of my clients said the other day, who's a lawyer, it's almost like we're all too much in our head. You know, yeah, like, for sure. A friend of mine was saying that, you know, her daughter who's 18 and, the, and her boyfriend had like a little disagreement. And she's like, you know, her mother was like, she's like, just take a break from him and go to a friend's house. So she went to a friend's house who happens to be a boy, but there was other people there. And he's like, he checked her, 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 her Snapchat location. What are you doing over there? It's like years ago, that years ago, you couldn't do that. You right. Know, you can't, this is another you, level you can't, of anxiety. Well, yeah. It's, it, well, you've seen probably the, so, uh, was it, the social dilemma where, yeah, for you know, sure. that, that young girl, you know, she gets all these positive comments and she gets one negative comment. She gets depressed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it, you know, Eric Thompson, who I love is, and who I listen to all the time. He's very big at saying, 
social media has made the world so small. We right. have literally, we, we have too much stuff at our fingertips. I personally do not watch the news. I won't watch the news. Yeah. It's all negative. It's all negative. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, I mean, you're just dropping gems on us here, so I appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned definitely the effect of social media, so, uh, the social dilemma. Uh, you know, the way that uh, young uh, boys and girls, m more girls are being uh, not only uh, falling victims to like societal pressure, but also the standards. Oh my God. Are, you know, it's kind of invisible standards if you really think about it, because everybody's putting on a front to some extent, right, online. Absolutely. I mean, there's no way Absolutely. your life's as perfect as as it seems. And um, if you're in control of what you post, then of course you're not going to post all the crappy stuff. You're going to post, oh, look no. at me, look at me looking like a, like a, you know, a happy person in the park, you know, but you don't, you don't post the 30 minutes before where you were arguing with your with your significant other or you know trying to get the kids it's just that moment and uh you know it's interesting and it's important for people to remember as well and um but you had mentioned there uh burn with kearns so we uh, we just want to uh put some light on that so for everybody listening coach kearns has a program burn with kearns you guys can look that up online and if you're in the area go ahead and uh, i encourage you guys to sign up uh as you can tell by uh, uh coach kearns's attitude he's definitely uh interested in pushing people to their full potential and um and uh when it comes to something like working out as you mentioned as well and uh the way that people say have a lot to say sometimes when people come to you right and they say oh uh but i can't do this because of this it's like it really just reveals how much they've already thought about it in their head right they've gone over it so many times they've convinced themselves had the thoughts maybe a right. few times where they're already kind of counting yes. themselves out before they even got there and as you mentioned sometimes the majority of the of the mission is just to get there and once you get there exactly you're in the mode you just feel different just knowing like okay well i'm here so now that i'm here let me just uh get lost in here and just uh kind of zone out and uh, focus on what i got going on here which is uh something that we always encourage for people to find an outlet like that whether it be physical activity or uh maybe uh meditation yoga as you mentioned reading, absolutely reading a book absolutely. any anything that just what? gives you yeah go ahead coach I'm sorry to interrupt. Anything, and I appreciate everything you're saying because it's so true. Anything that speaks to you. So I'll, I'll give you a little, another, I appreciate you saying gem. I'll give you a little story. I'm at, I'm at Boston Athletic Club in 21 and I'm working the evening shift, uh, four to 10 on a Saturday, right? And right. I start my company. I move out of my mother's house, graduate. You know, I've got four jobs. I'm taking care of a stroke patient, three hours wow. a day in exchange for rent. I started my company, the whole bit. I'm, I'm like, and I'm living in 500 square feet and I'm 45 minutes away from home. Right from my where I used to live, right. And I'm walking around, and people would. This was like a premier club, and I'm walking around. People always left left stuff behind, right? Mm -hmm. So somebody leaves a cassette. One, this is a cassette, mind you, okay? A cassette back in the <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah. No, most most listeners don't know what that is. And yeah, you I lost a few people my, there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I had and I had to put it in my Walkman because I didn't right. have a cassette player in my car. And that cassette was Zig Ziglar's A Series of Nine. It was one cassette in a series of nine called See You at the Top. I don't know why I picked it up. I don't know why I listened to it. I burnt that cassette out, and that set me in motion for everything else I read. Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence Other People. Mm -hmm. Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Everything from Dr. Wayne Dyer, T. Bag Chopra. So I encourage people, I go, look, we did like, I'm going to put this up on TikTok for mental, for the month of May was Mental Health Month, right? So right. we did what's called MHMMM, Mental Health Motivational Muscle Minutes. And it was one to two minutes of exercise, nutrition. I showed them what I was cooking, and then a word, a mindset programming. That's what I did. Mm -hmm. And people ate it up. And people are like, going to put this on TikTok. I'm like, okay, I'll put it on TikTok, which I'm going to. Now, when it comes to seeing me, actually, because of COVID, 
we do a fair amount of business online. I mean, I've got clients in Montreal, the UK, here, there. Plus, I do seminars, certifications, corporate wellness. There isn't anything I kind of don't do. People like, how many things do you have in your card? I go, look, I go, fitness it, Fitness is the middle of my middle of a bicycle wheel. That's my, that's my center. All right. these other lines of my business all like connected. Like when I did the UFC stuff, I came up with a conditioning system that worked. And then my marketing guy and I had an idea. Let's put it on DVD. I never expected it to go the way it went. We lost our investor. I took, we lost our investor for 25 grand. I took 10 grand out of my house, did it on a shoestring in a prayer, Mm -hmm. fulfilled my DVDs out of my garage and it went nuts to where it is today. You know, just if, if it, if it speaks to you, go with it. If it speaks to you, go with it. If it speaks to you, I got to decline that. If it speaks to you, go with it. If it mm. speaks to you, go with it. It doesn't make, it doesn't matter if it, this is a big point I want to come across. That's the stupid directions. God damn it. <laughs> this is a big point. Technology. This is a big, this, yeah, no, this is a big point I want to push across. It doesn't have to make sense to anybody else. It's your dream and dreams are free. It doesn't have to make, write the book like nobody's going to read it. Do the podcast like nobody's going to listen to it. Do the music, even if you think you're not, you're not worthy. It doesn't matter. You are worthy. You matter. You're important. You're not alone. And you have something to give. Everybody has a gift. Don't keep it wrapped. All right. Thank you for that message. And again, yeah, just nothing but the truth there. Another jam. Just, I think that that has a lot to do with it as well, right? Especially uh, just to connect it back to the social dilemma. It's like you see people doing, uh, following trends, doing one thing, living one lifestyle. And if yeah. you're, if you're, uh, what you identify with, well, what costs you doesn't fit that mold, then you might feel that something's wrong with you. But it's like, no, that's just how humans are, right? We're not all meant to do the same thing, even though, no. uh, you know, a lot of that stuff is really just marketing, and that's a whole other conversation. Absolutely. But you know, it's just oh the God. agenda being pushed by by uh, companies, and you know, they want society to be a certain way so they can uh, purchase certain things. I mean, it's just a it's Absolutely. a very deep conversation. But you know, in, in terms of individual happiness and success, you know, I think it's important, and to hear it from somebody like yourself with with so much success in their field and uh, who's been through adversity, uh, it's a real good message to be heard uh, by people who. Uh, you know, are probably in that situation where they're like, all right, well, you know, maybe I, I like, uh, I like yoga and, and, you know, reading books and meditations, but pe- people around me would think that's whack, but it's like, who cares what they think? You know, if that, exactly. ma- if that makes you the best possible you, then you Absolutely. need to focus on that because, uh, and this is another message that we like to spread with people is like, if you really love everybody around you, if you want to be the best person or you want the best for people around you, the, the absolute best thing you could do is be your best self because then that'll motivate people around you. It'll inspire them to be like, wow, this person really just followed their own path. And then, you know, maybe I should follow my own path, you know? And uh, so we always exactly. try to remind people, don't fall victim awesome. to that uh, that peer that peer pressure mentality. And again, a lot of it seems like it's people, but it's mostly just uh, stuff being pushed by, you know, corporations oh, and things like can't, that. You can't, trust, you can't trust what's in the media. Now look right. at Bezos owns the... Bezos owns the Washington Post. So exactly. how can you trust what's in there? You yeah. can't trust. I, I found out with my books, if I want to get on, if I want to be a New York Times bestseller, I got to pay for it. I know like that game. one. Yeah, it's a game. It's a game. And you know what? At the end of the day, this is something for, I'm going to bring this up from my first book. We call it the 4S formula with bullying. Speak up, stand up, stay together, self-defense. And self-defense is mental, emotional, spiritual before it gets physical. But let's right. go with stay, stay together. I go out and you can find a talk with, with me in front of 300 kids. I said, what speaks to you? And they're like swimming and this. I go, good. Get with like 
like-minded people right. and they'll bring you up like me. We say this, we say this a lot of times in martial arts relationships built on the mat last forever. And they do. Mm. I have some of the same friends I've had in martial arts for years. It's just, it's just the way it is. And like I, I quote with kids, I go, look at Bobby Fisher. Bobby Fisher was a master chess player at 10. Right. Look, look at, look at, um, What's his name? Uh, Michael Phelps, right? Michael mm. Phelps was told he was crazy to do two and three of those workouts a day, but he had mm. a standard and a ritual. What is your, as, as Anthony Roberts would say, what is your change standard? When right. you want to improve your life, you need to change your standard. You know, right. Right. change your standard. Stop playing video games. Stop hanging out with the wrong people. Stop smoking dope. Stop drinking. You know, you're wasting all this energy. Mm-hmm. You know, energy in, energy out. Negativity is negativity. You know, try to be. Be with like-minded people. And sometimes for somebody being negative will actually help you because you're like, you know what? No, screw them. I'm going to do it. Right. Like my famous saying, screw it and do it. My other famous saying on the back of this shirt, and it's on my chest and tie, some box, some bomb, be relentless. Whatever is you want to pursue, be relentless. 150%. Pursue it. Pursue it. Pursue it. I don't care how many times you get knocked down, how many times you know, you're spitting teeth. Look at, look at Stallone. Stallone would kept getting denied, 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 denied. Mm. And he was broke. And the final offer for Rocky was $300,000. And he was broke. He said, no, I need to be in the movie. That yeah. launched his whole uh, career. That's an amazing story. Yeah. 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 I mean, just uh, be relentless. That's, that's amazing. Especially in these times, right? There's so much pressure. Oh, yeah. And, and for yes. some reason, there's an attack on, and again, another conversation, but I'll touch on it briefly because it's something important sure. to us here at the podcast. Uh, you know, for some reason, there's an attack on people's ambitions. You know, they they want you to oh, they, yeah. they spread too many messages like stay humble, stay uh don't yeah. brag, don't be confident. It's like you know you really gotta you know the message seems good because the words are good, but you really gotta understand the intention when people say things. And um, you know, there's no need to be humble uh if your passion is a uh, fiery. You know, it's like you need to be relentless. You need to uh express that in the proper manner, you know, and and, and as you mentioned, finding your tribe is very important as well. And yeah. just, uh, just being around people that uh not only do the same thing as you uh or maybe do it differently, but just the mentality is so important because having people that encourage you and who who can understand you without even words, right? Uh you walk exactly. into the gym, you're walking into the gym and maybe your 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 vibe is off but uh, you know, if you were around the wrong people, they wouldn't care to ask. But because you ha- you're around people that care about you, or who just know your 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 regular level, your standard level, and they can feel that you're off a little bit, that you know they're gonna ask. They're gonna they're gonna want to know what's wrong, what's going on, and uh, if, if there's any way to help. And the importance of that is just priceless, you know. So we always encourage yeah. that as well, you know. I I appreciate that message a lot, and thank you, Rob. That's, that's such a good message. And you know, at the end of the day, you're absolutely right. You know. One of my good friends, Grandmaster Zufi Ahmed, who came over here from Pakistan with nothing, mm-hmm. and he was the all-Middle Eastern champion, he now owns nine schools. And he said, you know, when I was oh. opening my martial arts schools, he said, you know, I met with a marketing guy. He says, well, you know, you got to you gotta get out there and market, brag more. He goes, I can't, you know, speak, you know, talk about what you do. He goes, mm-hmm. I can't do that. I'm a martial artist. He goes, look, he goes, if you don't toot your horn, nobody will toot their horn. They'll toot their own horn. Right. And, you know, people, I'm in the dating world, and, like, I'll have women go, well, you know, you're cocky. I go, don't confuse confidence with cockiness. Right. There's a difference. I'm like, I'm confident what I do. And at the same token, I don't know everything. I'm not going to claim to know everything. You're never going to do an exercise protocol you haven't done it myself. And I don't endorse anything unless I personally use it. And at the, at the end of the day, when I got my first black belt at 17, my teachers pulled me aside and said, just so you know, this is the beginning. I'm like, what? Yes, mm-hmm. you're always a white belt. I'm always a beginner. Mm-hmm. So you know what? There's nothing wrong with saying, look at 
Look at Muhammad Ali. I'm the greatest. Well, guess what? He was. Hey, he yeah, was. definitely was. Look at um, uh, Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor was one of the best UFC fighters there was. Right. You know, there's, there's confidence and there's conceit. And it's a fine line. You know? It's a fine line. But you know what? People that know you best will know that you're not... Somebody just blows by me. People that know you best... It's like, you know, people like, oh, you're such a, a, a shameless self-promoter. I go, well, are you going to pay my bills? Are you going right, to mop the floors right. and clean the toilets at Burma Crunch? No. So guess what? I hunt for my food every day. I'm self-employed 38 years. You think that's easy? I don't have a regular paycheck. I got to go find my food. Yeah. So it's, it's like being, it's like the 1800s again. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and again, like you mentioned, another gem where it's like, you know, if, if you don't, there's no shortage of, of, of envy, of hatred in the world. So you no. don't need to do that to yourself. You know, uh, you need to encourage yourself. You know, people will leave that up to, to people around you. Trust me, they're going to hate. They're going to be jealous. They're going to say ridiculous things to try to tear you down for whatever reason. So, you know, leave that responsibility up to the world. Your responsibility is to give yourself confidence, you know, to, to remind yourself of, of what you have and uh, constantly be uh, attempting to reach your potential. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, absolutely. Yeah, I think people just uh, are, are intimidated by that, you know, and uh, and we always encourage people, you know, uh, look for the look at the positives. You know, it's, it's natural to go to that judgment zone in your head. But, you know, really just uh, we try and encourage people just to live the best life possible. Right. Use that as motivation. Use that as encouragement. Yep. You know, um, a lot of uh, I've, I've heard a lot of uh, speeches from people who are successful and. You know, sometimes it boils down to, you know, I, I they'll say things like I looked at whoever was at the top of my industry at the time and I saw that they were doing something good, but I felt that I could do it better. Right. And they did do it better. So if somebody, you know, if you feel like you can do it, there's a chance that you can right? Uh, without being delusional. You have to also put in the work. But at the same time, you know, it's important to not limit yourself because people will limit you. Trust me, they will. Absolutely. And if they even see one speck of doubt in your eyes, they're going to just exploit that. They're going to be like, you already know you can't do it, so you can't do it. You know, they're just going to try and play on that. And it's it's just the nature of competition, right? Especially when you're Absolutely. around people who are doing the same thing as you. Of course, they don't want you to succeed, unfortunately, or some people do. But, you know, if you do run into people that uh, are going to put you down, it's obviously for the reason that you're competition. So why would they encourage you? You know, you have to be that doing that for yourself. So I want to kind of move on here and uh, get into sure. the uh, ask a little bit about, you know, you mentioned your uh, your career in the in being a UFC coach, you know, uh, being top five strength and conditioning coaches, which is an amazing achievement. Congratulations on that. And uh, I wanted to ask, how did that come to be? Uh, you know, where, where did those connections come from? <laughs> right place, right time. I'm training at Mark Delagradi's gym, Sitiatong in Somerville. Mark, Mark Delagradi is a world-class striking coach. Right. And he's an old friend. And Steve, Coach Steve Whittier from SBG East brought me in. And Mark knew me years ago when we first started training with Guy Chase. And, you know, I started working with some of the amateurs. And then one thing led to another. I started talking to Kenny Florian. He tweaked his back before the big fight against uh, Sean Shirk. Mm -hmm. And his marketing manager said, hey, he goes, can you go help Kenny? So because I know this flexibility and this stretching technique. So I went over, helped him, and I got inspired. I said, hey, Kenny, how about I come out to Vegas on my own nickel, and I'll work with you because it's a championship fight, and stretch you out. Well, he fought his ass off, lost the fight, and said, I have to make a change, and hired me, and that was it. Mm -hmm. That's how you, So opportunities exist every day. And, you know, when it, when it speaks to you, just go with it. Just go with it. Opportunities knock all the time. 
You decide to walk through them. I tell my girls that all the time. I tell anybody I can sell with opportunities, knock all the time. Whether it's a business relationship, a romantic relationship, whatever it is, opportunities exist. It's up to you to decide to go through them. Up to you. And, you know, there's a great old quote. When your heart speaks, shut up and listen. Just go with it. <laughs> yeah. as, long as, it's, as long as it's in line with your, with your true spirituality and your honor system and respect and your integrity. Because if it isn't, you're toast. Right. I mean, that's that's an incredible story. What a, I mean, you know, it seems that your life is full of kind of just uh, messages from the universe signs, you know, <laughs> encouraging. Absolutely. You know. And I think I think uh, it's important, you know, as you mentioned, to recognize opportunity, because uh, w when you're going through a tough time, you know, it's hard to f look at the bright side or, or notice things like that. So, uh, you know, it's important for people to understand that opportunity, again, like you mentioned, knocks a lot more than people realize. It's just um, it doesn't always present itself in the same way. No. You know, no, it doesn't. And, it, and it's, it's like, yeah, I appreciate it. Like, it's always going to be a challenge. And as far as going back to what you said about doubts, I believe Sharon Kierkegaard said this, our doubts are our traitors. Right. Your own doubts will be your traitors. And you know what? Doubt is, doubt is inevitable. It's going to happen. But at the same token, if, you, if you're not trying, you're dying. You know, if you're not trying, you're dying. Just, and, what, and what do you got to lose? What do you got to lose? You know, look at look at everybody that did everything. Look at Bezos. Bezos, I think Bezos was losing a billion dollars. Yeah. You know, before the company became profitable. You know, and I'm sorry, but I got to wrap up in about two minutes. And uh, I, I'd be more than happy to come on anytime again because you know this is all about the young people and inspiring people. And I'm all about that because you know inspiration is your true calling. And I you know my whole my whole thing I want to do and my whole coaching idea is I want to inspire people. I want to share my stories any way I can, because if it wasn't for my friends, you know, I, I can't tell you how many people helped me out doing certain things and the way the book got done, the way this got done. And, you know, people, this is a big message I want to get across. Forget the how, the how will get handled. What's your what, what's your why? And that speaks to you. What is it? Is it like, you know, don't like you still doing yoga, reading books. Is it doing this? Is it doesn't does matter. Whatever speaks to you doesn't matter. Just do it. Screw it and do it. Amazing. And on that note, uh, you know, just thank you to Coach Kearns for uh, bringing some encouragement to the podcast, sharing his wisdom, his insight with us as long as as well as his experiences. Uh, we're grateful that he was on. And as you mentioned, you know, we'll hopefully we'll have him on again. Um, Anytime. Always, yeah. Thank you. As always, uh, on the bottom left, we have the social tag at In The Cut Global. That's on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, TikTok as well as YouTube if you're watching this you probably already know we're on YouTube and again please continue to like subscribe and comment on the videos it always encourages us more and more uh, we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well and as always guys listening out there take care be safe and peace